This is episode number 104 with Dave Hobson of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. Now. now, the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Seth, Ghost, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Barbara Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Founder Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. My name is Nathan Chan and I am your host coming from hometown, homegrown Melbourne, Australia. And uh, today we're mixing things up and we're actually going behind the scenes. And uh, it's actually me interviewing one of uh, my colleagues, pretty much my right-hand man, uh, Dave Hobson. He's an absolute superstar. He's been doing stuff online. We've become friends uh, actually ever since I started Founder. um, And uh, he ended up coming and working with us. And uh, he's just an all-round amazing guy, so extremely talented. A lot of the things that you see going on behind the scenes, a lot of it is David's creative genius. I can't take all the credit. We have an amazing team at Founder, and uh, I thought it would be really cool to get Dave's perspective on a few things that we're doing that could be incredibly powerful for your business and your startup, uh, especially if you want to increase your sales revenue and also um, get to know your customers a little better. One thing that we've been doing is uh, we've found a lot of success with webinars. And the super cool thing about webinars is you don't have to have a media company like us that's you know has premium content that we use you know webinars to sell or digital content or anything of the sort. You can have a service-based business. You can have a SaaS company. There's so many companies out there that are utilizing webinars to sell one to many to people all around the world. And it's been such an incredibly powerful tool and process for us to scale sales that uh, I thought that we'd ask the resident webinar master inside Founder just how it's done. And uh, I think you guys might find this really interesting. So this is kind of a behind the scenes kind of mix up uh, from a guru inside founder. And uh, I want to do more of this kind of stuff and have some fun with it. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Dave. And also some of you guys um, uh, have asked from a blog post that we created around this, around webinars. We created you know, a checklist for you guys. So if you guys want to access this checklist, which actually goes through the exact framework and structure and steps that we use to do our webinars, you can go to foundermag, F-O-U-N-D-R-M-A-G.com forward slash webinar guide. Now guys, Dave doesn't hold back. I deliberately told him to not hold back and give the absolute best stuff, true to founder style. So you're in for an absolute treat. All right, that's enough rambling from me. Now let's jump into the show. Okay, so uh, today, guys, um, you're in for a special treat uh, because we've actually got someone from Team Founder. It's not just me uh, behind the microphone. Uh, we've got uh, David Hobson, and uh, he runs all sorts of things at, at Founder. He's doing product. He's doing community. He's doing biz dev. He's, do, he's doing an amazing job, um, and 
and he has an amazing story. So we're going to talk about how he got his job as well. And, uh, you know, here is background of, of all the different things he's done. He's been doing a lot of things online for a long time. He knows uh, this space really, really well. And uh, we've been doing some really cool things on webinars in particular for founder that I know a lot of people are asking us how we're doing it. And, uh, you know, Dave has become the resident webinar master at uh, at Founder. So I thought it would be better if uh, we just ask him, you know, what's up. And, uh, yeah, he's going to blow your mind with some amazing stuff. So, Dave, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Hey, man. It's an absolute pleasure. Awesome. So, yeah, let's um let's start out with uh, how you got your job um, because I know you've been doing stuff online for a while and I know um, you've you've had an interesting journey. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, where would you, where would you like me to start? There's a lot in there. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, look, we met on the phone. Um, just so, guys, this is really interesting. We met on the phone um, in the early days of starting Founder. So within the first couple of months, me and Dave met on the phone because I went to this um, seminar and it was really interesting. I learned a lot there. And then, um, yeah, Dave called me up and, and wanted to get my feedback on this seminar. And then we ended up becoming friends and now really great friends. And now we work together. So um, let's just start with, like, how did you get um, started online? I know you've done a lot of traveling. So t- tell us about, you know, how that's all started. All right. Yeah, great question. So in terms of starting online, so I'm a little bit older than the rest of the guys in the team. I've been around online for a while. and you know, I was really actually, I was raised to be in corporate. I was put through a private school system. Everyone we knew you were supposed to be a lawyer or a doctor or an accountant. Uh, and my first job, I kind of like quit spectacularly as an accountant uh, and went to travel the world. And when I got back, one of my best friends was, you know, we were 23, 24. And I think at that stage, I was getting paid maybe $15 an hour to work at a bar. And he was making about 10,000 US dollars a week online. <laughs> So, so naturally, I was really curious as to what was going on. And this is, this is really early days. This is before Facebook. This is before Twitter. And all of the amazing and powerful tools that we know today, this was just getting, getting warmed up. It was a really exciting kind of Wild West time of online marketing and, and internet business. Gotcha. So um, you got started. You, you, you've had many different online businesses. And uh, you travel all around the world, right? Yeah, I, I guess like a lot of people, I went on the quest. I, I was really in my early 20s. I, what I was supposed to do didn't work. I just I didn't really know what to do. So I just went traveling on my own. I got a round-the-world ticket and just went through Europe and ended up living in uh, Brazil for a couple of months just trying to figure myself out and figure out the world, I guess. Yeah, gotcha. Um, and you also trained at um was it was it at a Shaolin temple or something <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't not even really I, yeah not even I really know this that well because uh first thing is is nobody should fight me because I'm a terrible fighter <laughs> I'll, I'll probably get hurt in the process so that's a disclaimer but yeah with the, with another great friend of mine we, we took off holidays um in college and he just said do you want to go and train at Shaolin temple and uh we looked it all up on the internet. We ended up training with Shaolin monks for a couple of for three months, which was you had to do a full twelve weeks to be able to get a diploma. And we just like the just like the movies, we just trained six days a week, seven hours a day, and uh, yeah, l- learned a lot of very interesting things. That I think still apply to, to entrepreneurship today, really. Yeah, like what? I'm curious. Well, the funny thing. So these are the guys. When you look at some people on the call might be familiar with the Shaolin Wheel of Life or Shaolin Temple. You see all these amazing feats that the Shaolin monks can do, whether it's you know iron fist or they get lifted up on spears and getting pressed into their stomachs uh, or even iron head or any of these amazing fighting skills that they have. When you go there, the real secret, everyone thinks there's this secret, you know, there's a master that's going to have this special move or you just spend a few hours meditating or something and you come back with a one-edge punch. When in reality, it's exactly what Robert Greene talks about. It's exactly what you and I know are the steps to mastery. And they just work at it. So someone wants an iron fist. They literally, this kid sits there with a brick wall and he's just yelled at. And every day he just sits there punching this wall until the skin you know, develops calluses and he loses some nerve feelings in his hand and oh, it thickens wow. up. And they just do that until they've got like this club fist 
with his iron fist. There's no shortcut. It's just hard work, blood, sweat, and tears. And and they really they really just work on their craft day in and day out. So I think that's what we always see. Everyone wants a shortcut, but the true masters know that you got to put in got to put in the work. Mm, yeah, that's right. So first question I I have is. Um... When you when you got when we met on the phone, um, did you know that uh, you know we end up working together and and all these crazy <laughs> things would happen with founder? Um, you know what what was what what was your first thoughts? Because I remember you were really hard to catch. Like I, I wanted to catch up. You know you're in Melbourne. Um, you're really hard to catch. Like what were you thinking at that time? Did you ever think it'd go anywhere? It's such an interesting and, and like enjoyable story because you know that's been one of the biggest blessings and, a, and an amazing turning point in my life, and it's. It's funny. So for the listeners, I was in a role where I had to do I had to do cold calling. Really wasn't enjoyable. I had a list of people I had to call and try and convince them to buy. Uh, and Nathan was one of those people. <laughs> and we called up. I called him up, and we just got along really well. And we just started chatting. And um, I didn't think he was right for the sale. I really didn't think what what was being sold would suit him. Uh, and uh, we, we we just really clicked really well, and we decided we would catch up. Uh, in the background, I got in trouble for not closing the sale. <laughs> you know, but here's the funny thing, and this is, I guess, also another lesson around sales. You know, if I went really hard at you just for the sale and I didn't do it with integrity, then maybe we wouldn't be friends. Maybe I wouldn't have got to be part of this amazing journey of working with founder and working with you and seeing all this growth all these years. Uh, and I just, yeah, so it was a funny turning point where we just ended up finally catching up. And I don't know if you remember this, but this is when I was really trying to get my entrepreneur hat and figure things out. I don't know if you'll actually realize this, Nathan. But I John Maxwell you on our first catch up. What did she do? What is John? Yeah, we know we love we love John Maxwell. He's a leadership guy, and then like guys, I Dave's like my my right hand guy. Like I go to him with any problems. We're always bouncing ideas around. So he's a master of strategy. So I'm I'm curious, what do you mean by this? So I was reading heavily into John Maxwell at the time and leadership books. Anything I could get my hands on. Uh, and one of the most defining books for me in terms of developing relationships was a book. It's called something along the lines of uh, Some Communicate, Few Connect. Mm-hmm. Amazing book for anyone who wants to develop their network and relationships. And one of the key things it says is that it takes effort to connect. And even something like bringing a person a gift on your first meeting goes a long, long way. So I don't know if you remember, but our first time we caught up, it's on our bookshelf now at Founder. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I signed a copy of a book for you. It's got the date in there and, and brought that along because I was like, well, if I'm going to make the time to, to meet this guy, he's got this magazine, he seems like a nice guy. I'm like, I better I better do it properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember now. And I remember it was Entrepreneur Revolution and you wrote that, um, you know, you're, you're, you're part of this revolution. Um, and it was a really kind. No, you're always like really kind like that. Um, I feel bad actually because you always give me these gifts and nice things and I don't give you enough, man. <laughs> not, man, not at all. Absolutely crazy. Working with you and working at Founders the best. So no, no, not at all. And that's the thing. And that's just something I learned from John Maxwell. And it just goes to show, you know, I really feel that like you put in a lot of effort, but it just, it's so funny. It was literally a cold call. We had no idea who, who the other was. Uh, and it's just, I think a lot of people, it's kind of sliding doors. I think a lot of people let these moments go. And I was lucky that you persisted because I was really under the pump at this role. I was so stressed out with people harassing me all the time and I was really keen to catch up with you. But we, I really had to, you know, you like that's one of your, your key qualities that anyone who knows you, you're persistent. So we finally had a chance to catch up and it's uh, it's been an absolute, uh, yeah, absolute blessing, really awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, I, you know, I really value our friendship because, yeah, we were, we were very close before we started working together. So um, I guess what happened next was um, – You've done all sorts of other things and uh, yeah, um, you ended up working with us um, and I pretty much begged you to come come work with us because at the, at the end of last year, because uh, we, we had some key projects we were working on with Instagram and a few other things and uh, we've launched Founders Club together and that's an amazing uh product and initiative that we've got going on for our community and uh, we're building something really special here. But uh, as time has gone on, um, you've really started to to master webinars and uh, teach us webinars. And, um, you know, I think there's so much that you can share with the audience around why webinars are powerful for any business. We're not just talking internet marketing, information products or courses. We're talking SaaS. We're talking service-based businesses. 
So why is that? Why why do you like webinars? Why do you think um, they're a game changer? Yeah, that's a great question. There's so many so many ways I can answer this. Starting with, I really believe everyone knows this. If ever, if if you're in business, if you're an entrepreneur, Gary V says cash is oxygen. People call cash the lifeblood of your business. Most people are hurting from a lack of money and a lack of sales. And most people suck at sales or have no sales process. And I feel that really, I relate to that really well because I've done cold calling roles. I've had to try and sell people in person and it was really uncomfortable for me. Uh, I didn't like it. Uh, and then when I started looking into the world of webinars, I was interested, but they seemed a bit, they've got a bit of a scammy association sometimes where some people have really tried to make a lot of money out of webinars. And, mm. you know, I think that can put people off, but why I love them is, you know, most people need to interact with their customers, you know, at least one-to-one -to, -one to get a sale. The highest converting, you know, sales transaction will always happen either in person or on stage. And then the next highest is through a webinar presentation. Uh, and I think it's so important for people to realize if they're doing any kinds of sales conversations one-to-one, -one, it's not about doing a webinar. It's about going from one-to-one to one-to-many -one and scaling and creating that leverage because everyone's just so time poor. So a lot of people are time poor. Uh, their sales process isn't very good and they don't like selling. Whereas with a webinar and a really well-structured presentation, you get the chance to have a lot of fun, deliver a lot of value and sell really strongly as well in a way that's really integral and doesn't leave people feeling kind of, I don't know, awkward or icky about the, the selling process. So uh, look, there's so many ways we can go on that, but that's just my highlights of why I, I love it. Mm, yeah. So web, webinars have been game changing for our business. Um, so much so uh, that we generate hundreds of thousands of dollars every month from them. And uh, we want to go, we want to go all in. Like we want to have, I reckon what I think what we should do, and this is what we're working towards is having, you know, multiple products and having multiple webinars going. Like I'm hoping we can get like four to five going every single week. Um, and Dave's kind of going to be training and uh, training up the guys and, and showing us what's up and we're doing them right now. And we've, we've had a lot of success. So um, I really want to delve deep on this webinar stuff because I know people will find them fascinating Um First things first, let's talk about, I think one thing that people find intimidating is the software and the tech. Uh, what do you recommend in terms of tech for people to use when it comes to webinars? Yeah, look, this is something, it's normally the first stumbling block for anyone who's looking at doing it because it is a bit confusing. There are quite a few options out there. So I guess I'll give you a quick overview of probably the top three or four that people are thinking of, and I'll give a really specific recommendation. Mm -hmm. The first is GoToWebinar that everybody knows. It's pros eyes that it's super reliable. It's by Citrix. It's really solid. It almost never breaks down on you when you're running a presentation. It has like automated reminders. Uh, it's, got, it's been around for a long time. So they're kind of the market leader. Everyone knows them. Even though you have to download something to run that presentation, everyone's kind of used to it. So GoToWebinar is where a lot of people start. It doesn't have as much marketing functionality as some of the other tools I'm going to recommend. But I think for most people, as you and I, we always talk about this, most people don't even start. They get stuck uh, and they get paralysis by analysis. GoToWebinar has a free one-month trial. I would just highly recommend just jumping on the free one-month trial for your first webinar. Like just get up, get running. Don't get bogged down in all of the details. There are so many things once you go into webinars that you can mess around with. Mm. But the, the first thing anyone needs to do is just run one because you learn so much by doing. So the sooner you can get up and get running and do your first presentation, the faster everything else will fall into place. So I really feel like GoToWebinar is a great place to start. Uh, the cons are really for entrepreneurs or anyone who's going a bit on the leaner side, it starts off at something like 90 US a month, which for a SaaS, if you're not making a lot of sales initially, uh, that can hurt. And if you want to scale up the number of attendees, it can get, it can get pretty, pretty costly. I think it can get up to around 500 US a month. So yeah, and you're you're allowed up to um, a thousand attendees. Yeah, so look, I would recommend anyone who hasn't done a webinar that is where I would start. The next evolution that I've been playing around with a lot is Andy Jenkins' webinar jam that a lot of people will be familiar with. Yes, this it effectively it kind of hijacks Google Plus and Google Hangouts and YouTube streaming, so they don't actually have their own kind of video solution. They just hijack. Uh, what Google has. Mm -hmm. uh, they have some amazingly powerful marketing tools 
But unfortunately, because the software does kind of hijack Google Hangouts, I found it to be a little bit laggy and stumbled around on presentations a little bit. But in terms of the pros for Webinar Jam, uh, it gives you things like, it gives you really detailed statistics and metrics like cost per attendee or revenue per attendee. So you can know your numbers and go back to your Facebook ads. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I saw that, that when you showed me that, that looks really interesting. Um, and it also allows you to present an offer as well during, if you go, when you're going through transitioning to your pitch. Yes, absolutely. So it lets you, you can drop in offers live. You can add scarcity. They create landing pages, thank you pages, email reminders. So it really is an all-in-one kind of out-of-the-box solution. It's just I found it. I'm just hoping they're working on it. Just on the presentation side, it's a little bit clunky. Yep, gotcha. And are there any other tools or that that people should know about? Oh, there's plenty of tools for for presenting webinars or just add-ins. What what would you like me to go into? Let's let's just keep for presenting. Sure. So for presenting, uh, the final option actually is really you've got services like lead pages and click funnels, and they develop templates where you can just drag and drop like Google Plus and, and Hangouts and YouTube streaming into that. So you can effectively do it without a webinar software as long as you've got a template and some basic coding skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you just need to add on a plugin, Chat Tango. Uh, it's, I think it's chattango.com. They've got like a chat plugin that you can drop in over the top. So you can get all the features of kind of like a more premium webinar software, but you can basically do it all yourself for free. Gotcha. And when it comes to the presentation, um, talk to us about the presentation because I think people would find that also a, a stumbling part or intimidating, um, whether it, you know, you've got a SaaS-based product, you know, software-based product, whether you're a consulting company, like, for example, let's say you're a web agency. Um, what 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 would be a great topic and presentation and positioning? Terrific. So the key thing with a webinar, like anything, I think it's got to be about solving problems for your customers mm. and adding value. So you want to actually go through what are your top performing blog posts or what are the most frequently asked questions or what are the things that you have to take people through. And it might be similar to what you know, the popular lead magnets or downloads or any of those things. So you want to find what is like a really burning issue and problem uh, for your target audience to really bring them on uh, to a webinar because you can't, you know, you've only got one hour, no matter how much you give away, they're still going to need your help at the end of the call. Yes. Yes, that's correct. And should you be afraid to give away like as your best stuff? Like, is it possible to give away too much value? I find it highly unlikely unless unless your solution is literally an equation like E equals MC squared and the presentation's <laughs> over. Um, you know, we find really good structures uh, when you have three steps. And he, here's a great way of looking at it. When you've got any customer, you've kind of got their, we, we talk about their A and B state. So their A state is, it's like where they are and their B state is where they'd like to be. Yes. So ideally where they would like to be is what your product or service, that's the solution you provide. And you want to have a webinar topic that shows them, here's how to get from where you are now to where you want to be. So our one, our classic with our Instagram, we identified one of our hottest you know, lead magnets. People were super interested in how to grow their followers. Yes. So we've structured a webinar that, that people will show people uh, how to get from where they are now, not enough followers, to be being able to implement five strategies to start instantly growing their followers. Yes. And so that's really powerful to do on a webinar. But of course, in one hour with you, I think your course has something like, what, how many hours of content? Oh, we've got at least, you know, 15 hours, yeah, with the content. Yeah. And and on top of all the questions and community, there's no way you could cover that all all in an hour. So that's, I think, a great example of how we give away a ton of really actionable stuff that brings them closer to their goal. We get them results. But if they want to get our kind of results, if they want to get really deep results, if they want to get results our clients and customers are getting, then they've got to take the next step. So it's really about solving some problems. And at the same time, you unpack a larger problem that your product or service solves. So I don't think you can ever give away too much. You'll really just serve to increase, you know, your rapport and people will be much more drawn to buying from you when they can see that you know what you're talking about. If you're holding back, people will sense it and they're not going to like it. Gotcha. So can webinars, you think, can this be applied not just for, um, you know, courses, information products? Can, can webinars work for most businesses? What are your thoughts there? 
I really believe that most, of course, I'm sure someone can write in with some weird business that it doesn't work for. I don't know. Or extremely but, niche topic, right? Yeah. yeah. Or like physical products. Can you do it? Look, here's the thing, and this is what I firmly, firmly believe. If you can sell something and it requires a sales conversation or an email or a web page, and you could sell something to, to somebody one-on-one, then you can use a webinar and you're just selling it one-to-many. And all you're doing is scaling that interaction. So I think I would love to be proven wrong. I'd love to have someone writing with something that's just absolutely impossible to do on a webinar or sales presentation because I bet that somewhere they are having a sales conversation, whether that's a dentist who gets, you know, a friend of ours that does teeth whitening and, you know, he yeah. was looking at doing a free, a free consultation, whereas now he can look at scaling that with webinars rather than one-on-one at a time. He can do a free consultation, take people through their doubts, fears, concerns, objections about teeth whitening. And he can do that instead of doing it to one at a time, he can do it to 50 or a hundred at a time. Mm. So I really believe it can be scaled. It's just not falling into the trap of thinking, Oh, I can't do this because of whatever reason it's what are you doing in your sales process and how can you scale that and go one to many uh, and still provide value? That's, that's what I believe. Yeah. Okay. I see. Um, so in regards to, um, I guess like a, a web agency, what would you recommend, you know, how, how would, how would they like a, like a, a consulting or a services based company, what can they do to implement webinars in, especially when it comes to, I guess, um, the, the structure of the presentation. Great. So when you're saying a web agency, do you mean like, like developers or what, what are you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Like on? I, I guess, um, cause, cause a good one would be like, you know, um, somebody that does uh, website development. Perfect. Uh, and I think this is a great topic because so many people have so many doubts and fears and concerns and everyone's got a story of being ripped off by a web developer or having a bad interaction. So you could run a webinar um, and you put me on the spot. So I'm just going to make this one up. I haven't pre-planned this one. <laughs> yeah. So you might just choose something like something along the lines of how to get an amazing website designed or benefits of working with an agency or risks or frequently asked questions. Whatever you find are the most frequently asked questions you can just take them through that process. So for web developers, normally it's, you know, do I go with a freelancer or do I go with an agency? And you can just kind of walk them through what's involved. So by the end of that process, they should be closer to trusting you, knowing you, liking you, and being really interested in buying what you've got. And at the end, you should basically be able to say, you are now equipped to go out and hire a, a web development agency. Hopefully you've learned a lot from us. Here's what we can offer you today. We'd love to work with you further. And you should have built enough trust and overcome enough objections during that time that rather than them going off and hiring someone else, they, they really know and like you guys and want to jump on and work with you further. Yeah, gotcha. So a big part of why webinars are so powerful is because of the trust that it can build. Absolutely. So do you mind um, just going a bit deeper on that? Uh, because... This is something that I had to learn as well in regards to a sales process, in regards to building trust um, and handling objections. Definitely. So one thing that's really important, I think, when we look at doing a webinar presentation, there's two elements. One is that it has to provide standalone value. So it should be something that people could almost pay for and be happy with so that it's, it, it's, it's really useful. But the second aspect is to understand that it is a sales process and you need to put in the steps that you would have in a normal sales process into the presentation. There are so many different methodologies, but the simplest we can always fall back on for something like today's call is no like, and trust. Yes. They're just primary triggers for people buying. And for something like a webinar, it accelerates rapport because you can hit all of these very, very quickly. You can't People can hear your voice. Uh, if you jump on the camera, they can see your facial expressions. Uh, you can build in authority. You've got such a chance to hit every key buying sort of trigger that people need to build up that trust in you so that they know that you know what you're talking about. Whereas an email campaign, you can get a sassy copywriter to jump on and do some stuff. Whereas getting someone live on a call, you can very quickly figure them out. You can ask questions live. So it's definitely really important in the trust building process because they get direct access to you and and the information you're putting out yeah i think also another thing to consider as well is is in regards to prospects 
um, you know, if if you have prospects, which is which is the plan to get onto your webinars and do these presentations frequently, you can you can get engagement and interaction to find out, you know, what their problem is, what their deepest darkest desire is, what their biggest frustration is, what their objections are, even if you don't know them yet, for what's, you know, maybe why your solution or your product or your service might not, they feel be a right fit for them. So it also can be a great way to find out more about your customer. It's excellent. I'll come back to that in just a second, because you just reminded me in terms of the trust building, in terms of sales, there's the figure going around that it takes seven touch points to make a sale. Yeah. And as you'll know, in, in a previous life, I had to do some work with, with some of the dating and pickup guys. Mm. And in working through a lot of their marketing, their copy, one thing that they found accelerates relationships is they would actually, they use this seven touch point thing and they would actually change locations. So they felt that you could build a stronger relationship with someone if you kept moving locations. So Whereas something like a coffee meeting might count as like one date, they would make sure that it would be this longer day where they would go from having a coffee to the park, to the museum, to a bar. And all of a sudden, in a very short space of time, they would develop this very strong connection and relationship by going through these different touch points and spending time together in different environments. And across a webinar, you can accelerate what might take you know, weeks on email or reading a blog or whatever social media you've got, that accelerates into one hour, we can go through all of these touch points and build up that rapport as well. Mm, yeah, that's gold. Okay, awesome. Now this is getting good. All right, so um, I'm loving this. So um, next question that I have is: once you've worked out a presentation, how do you get registrants? What and what is like the shop typical shop rates? What should people expect? Um, what what does that part look like? Brilliant. So. Once people have got, they've chosen their webinar software, they're all fired up, they know what they're doing. It's, you throw up what we call a registration page, and this is where you show the time and date of your presentation, uh, and people can click to register to attend, and that signs them up for a session. Now, this is where things get a little bit more complicated, and I want to give some real specifics here. Yeah. Because as we know, a lot of people just click a lot of things online. So when people go to register, the things that influence whether they will register are things such as, uh, the time and date and being very clear about that. We're in Australia. We work with a lot of people in the US. Uh, we've got people in Europe and all, really all around the world. And, and if we're not careful, we'll get emails from people saying, what time is this? Mm. So being really clear about the time and date in multiple time zones boosts registration. Having a great optimized landing page for that registration, really the key to having high registrations, it's the topic you choose. Mm. If if you don't know your audience and if you choose a dud topic, people aren't going to register. So one of the first things you really need to do is test. And ideally, like we, we would always recommend testing somewhere else first. So whether that's, you know, your most frequently asked questions. And you just asked me before and I, I jumped off topic about finding out more about your audience. One thing I would really recommend if people are totally stumped and they're freaking out, you can just run a Q&A webinar or an AMA webinar. And you literally just throw it open and say, I'm here for an hour to answer any of your questions around X topic and just keep track of it to see what people want to know and what they want to know from you. And you can very quickly, if 10 people ask you the same question, well, that's your topic for the next webinar. Yeah, that's gold. Okay. And what about, um, I guess, uh, making sure you maximize show up? Definitely. So you asked about the rate of attendance and show up. So Typically, attendance is falling across the board for shops on webinars and unoptimized registration sequence. Really, you can expect if it's total garbage, if it's really not optimized, <laughs> maybe 10, maybe 10 percent shop. Yep. Uh, the, the industry standard online is really around 20 to 30 percent. But if you do a just on time webinar or you have a good indoctrination sequence or really well crafted uh, autoresponder sequence between the time of registration and the time of the webinar, uh, people can hit as high as 50% and for just-in-time webinars, they can even do as high as 70 or 80% attendance. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So what is your thoughts on automated webinars and just-in-time webinars? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I sort of love them, but they're kind of dodgy. There's yeah. this, yeah, I think, um, I think they're amazing when done right and they just have to be done with integrity. I think, I think no one like, well, not, I think no one likes being lied to or manipulated. 
So I think it's really important when people make that play that it's very clear about what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Um, especially like for us, we, if we're doing a, an automated webinar, we want to say, you know, this is a record webinar. We want you to be able to access it straight away. We don't want you to wait around, but please understand, you know, this is where we're at. Um, one thing that um, you mentioned to me last week, which I thought was really smart, and um, I think we should share with the audience, was you said to me, um, just just have a think about this, mull it over, and you was like, because because we we want to double down webinars, we want you know four to five webinars going every single week for founder, because we know it works so well, and um, that's you know why we want you to come on and share. But um, you said to me, you know what, Nathan, we have to be careful in the sense that. Um, if people always know that we're running webinars to, to sell, we have to be careful because we should actually always, um, as well, mix things in and, you know, run webinars that there is no sell. Definitely. Cause I think it's, we always talk about Gary V, but it's easy because a lot of people know his methodology, but the, the jab, 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 right hook, uh, if, if we're only writing webinars that have got, you know, they do deliver a lot of content. Like I said, don't do a webinar unless it's standalone, mm. but We've also got to be careful just if we're going to be really putting out lots of webinars, we don't want, we don't want to train people that, oh, we're going to always sell to you. As, as a brand and as a company, uh, you've had this from the beginning is to serve entrepreneurs, to equip entrepreneurs, to put out amazing content on the blog, on social. And I just felt for us to be congruent means, yeah, throwing on a webinar just to deliver a ton of content to our audience. I think it's a great thing to do. I, it, it continues to build trust, but it also means that people aren't then getting an association with, well, if I jump on a webinar, I'm going to need my credit card because we always want to deliver value. And, and yeah, sometimes we'll have products that people should buy and we only put out things that we think people should buy. But I think it's really important to always get that, you know, people can sell very hard on webinars. I think it's really important to just make sure you get the, the value and sale balance in harmony to avoid being seen as a, as a salesperson. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, that's one thing I think we're doing a good job with is, even though we do, you know, obviously sell at the end and, and if people do want to know more, there is that option. But we have like received so many comments from people, like ridiculous amounts about, you know, this was the best webinar I've ever joined because I see it as a win-win. We can do a value-based webinar where we can, you know, provide people with a ton of gold, just like we do on this podcast or whatever. And then if people want to know more about, you know, whatever this product or service is that we have, um, you know, there is that option, but if people want to leave it when it gets to the sales pitch or whatever, we still win because they've got a ton of gold and we can confidently say that, you know, we've provided a ton of value. We haven't wasted your time. And, uh, yes, this is a sales presentation, but it's a win-win. Absolutely. And this is funny. I just want to bring up a point that a lot of people get stuck on around selling and making the offer. Can we, can we jump yeah, into that? That's what I was wanting to get to. Yeah, please. <laughs> Awesome. So like you said, we, we, we do a really value-packed presentation. Uh, we provide a, a really strong offer and then we, we hang out for Q&A and make sure we answer everybody's questions. One of the keys with the selling process and putting out the offer, I was talking about that balance. One of the key things you can do is be very clear. And I, I really advocate this right up front at the top of the webinar that you say, here's what's going to happen we're going to do around 55 minutes of pure content. I'm going to put everything into a workshop with you. I'm going to share everything I've got. I'm then going to give you the best possible offer if you want to work further with us. And then I'm going to stay on the call to answer all of your questions. And people, it does two things. One, people know it's coming uh, and there's an, there's an agreement. You're, you're putting your company's money and time into a free presentation for an hour and you're going to offer people something and people know that and they're like, that's reasonable. Like you, you go into a store to look at a pair of sneakers. You're not upset when they say, hey, would you like to buy these sneakers that you're looking at? Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and the second thing it does for the hosts and anyone who's listening and trying to figure this out, if you don't do this, people get horrifically awkward and you'll upset your audience because everyone's having a great time. They're learning a ton of stuff. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> bam, you know, sales message, buy my stuff. And people are like, what? And you've gone from being this great person helping them to like a bit of a jerk who's trying to sell them some stuff that you didn't even know was coming. So I think it's really important to be clear and to, to do that kind of artfully so that everyone's happy. Like they've got an hour of phenomenal value. And then the extra hook is I really stay a long time on the Q&A because mm -hmm. 
I think if you go into the attitude that we do at Founder and you've really laid this principle is to serve first. Yeah. So if we stay at the end, not just to close sales, but to serve first, what, what questions have you got? I've booked out my calendar. I'm here to answer any of your questions. They get live access to an expert to answer any of their questions. And that's immensely valuable. And it's also a reason for them to stick through uh, the offer. If they're not interested, well, you know, five, 10 minutes to hear about, about a great offer, but then get into the Q&As, like entirely reasonable. Mm, yeah, no, that's awesome. Okay, so so if someone's got an awesome presentation, they know uh, what the like a topic is that that's good, that their audience is asking for, um, and all of their prospects, and it's a problem, it's a frustration for people, and they naturally believe that that presentation or topic will be a good link to you know uh, a potential offer of for their product or service. Any tips on transition? Because I think that's something that always. Um, I think even when you're on the phone or anything, that kind of <laughs> is the most intimidating kind of you feel bad. Like, like, what are your thoughts there? Absolutely. So for anyone who's new to webinars or sales presentations, my first piece of advice for the transition is commit to it because if you're not comfortable with it, you'll have this great time and then you'll get awkward. And if you get awkward, Everyone else gets awkward. You, you know, you, you're not confident. You lose their trust. Like, why will they buy from someone who's shaky about what they've got? So it's really important that you commit to it and you see it all the way through. Least of which is because just on pure numbers, by making the offer, you obviously, if you make an offer, you increase the chances of a sale. Mm. So if you've gone this far, you have to at least put it forward. And I was telling JC this story the other day. My first webinar I ever did. And I called you up after it. I was like yeah. running around my house. I almost <laughs> slipped over. I was so excited. But I only had a PayPal link and I had 10 people on the call. I didn't have a product. I had no idea what I was doing. And I got to the offer and I was all a bit stammery and like, uh, uh, yeah, here's, my, here's, here's my link, um, you know, if you want it. And uh, someone bought. Mm. And boom, $250 in my account. I didn't have a product just by making the offer. So no matter what happens when it gets to transition, don't lose your cool, charge all the way through, put it out there. You've worked hard. You've got something great to offer. Maybe I didn't at that point in time, <laughs> but uh, I work with a lot more integrity now and it's really important. So I've learned my lessons, you know, I've, I've really learned them the hard way. But um, so push through. The key to transition, I mentioned one is by framing it up front. So you're just delivering your promise. So I did this and now I'm going to tell you what I've got. The other part of the transition is to make sure that during your presentation and that the problems you solve, there's two things that you want to happen. Every step, everything that you solve really needs to be tied back to your offer so that it should be a very cohesive link. So you might show someone, oh, we'll go, go to the web developer agency. You might say, first step is you need to have a really good landing page in your offer you want to have something to do with landing pages. Mm. You, you don't want to then go off and say, we've actually got a hosted service that we allow you to do this. And, and you haven't even mentioned hosted services on the call. It has to be a direct line that you can draw between the problem and solution and your service offering. So that you've helped them, but really what you've done is you've solved a small problem. They're satisfied. That's great. But you've unpacked a larger problem that they need your expertise for. So, the transition, it's really about having a well-structured offer. So it's very smooth where you say, hey, you know how we said you need landing pages? Well, guess what? The first thing I've got for you today is I'm going to put in a free landing page if you work with us. Mm. And, and so people are already very excited that you've taught them the value and the pain points and why they need a landing page. And now, boom, here comes your offer and it's totally lined up and they're already hungry for it. Yeah, no, that's gold. Okay, awesome. And I'm curious around after the webinar because that's a big part of it too. Definitely. So do you mean after the webinar as in literally we've turned off GoToWebinar or do you yeah. mean once you've closed up. off the follow-up? Yeah, so a couple of things. People say money's in the list. I think a lot of people make a massive mistake where they finish the webinar, they look at their stats and they go, well, that's that. I mean, you just have to look at yourself or myself or anybody. Has there ever been a time where someone offered you something to buy instantly and you didn't take it up, but you were still interested. Definitely, I have. So it, it's really important to follow up. We do a couple of things. We have sales teams and, well, I shouldn't say sales teams. We have customer support on the sales page because even at that point in time, you'll have people who are like, I need to talk to my wife or 
you know, I'm, I'm listening to this from the car. Can I do this when I get home? So you want to make sure you've got people there to help process uh, the sales and really be a really good customer support team. That's mm-hmm. one thing. And then afterwards, really on a webinar, it depends what you're doing, but you might sell an okay webinar. Uh, do you want me to get into stats and conversion yeah, percentages? Yeah, please. Okay. So an okay webinar, if you just follow this structure and make an offer, you'll convert between five and 10% just by having someone listen to you for an hour and offering them your thing. If it's, if everything lines up, it's a good offer, makes sense, five to 10%. Yep. Depending on what else you might even get up high as high as 30 to 40%. People across the industry would regard, you know, a 15% rate as pretty solid depending on the price point. Mm. So that means you've gone to all this effort, you've marketed, you've filled a webinar, you've got registrants, all these people have heard you for an hour. They're really interested in what you're doing. Of course, 100% of people won't buy at that point in time, but that doesn't mean that they're not interested. So there's that extra group of people who really you know, might just need a follow-up of some kind. And there's two ways you can do this. Well, there's three. One is sometimes I look at the engagement scores. So you look for people who are just totally dialed into the webinar, answering everything, super, super interested, but they didn't buy. So you know that they're interested. You can follow up and be like, why, like, why didn't you buy? And you know, they might come back with, oh, I had a question or you know, whatever happened, I had to go and pick my wife up or something happened. Mm. So you can follow up with those people. And the other one is with lead scoring through platforms like Infusionsoft, when you can see who your hottest customers are, the people who are desperate to buy from you, uh, and you just want to follow up and talk to them and find out what's going on and, and help take them through that process. Maybe you've got to answer some of their objections. Uh, maybe they just missed the link or their computer froze or something happened and there's just a lot of extra sales and you've already done the hard work. You've put so much effort into presentation, everything else. I think you're really doing yourself a disservice to – not follow up on people who wanted to buy your product or service and just, just let them go and buy someone else's because you've actually, the funny thing is, seven touch points in a buying process, you might have taken them through six mm-hmm. and you've educated them and you're giving them away to someone else and they just take them on the seventh with no effort and no work. So I really think it's important to follow up. Yeah, no, that's gold. Okay. Well, we'll cover a lot of ground. Um, was there anything else that you think would be helpful uh, that we haven't covered that I've missed? There's a couple of key points. I really think I, I, I'm so convinced of this and I've seen it work across so many industries. I think people need to at least give it a shot. And like I said, even if you don't sell, even if you just do a Q&A webinar, because that intel and that interaction, you know, one hour with your live customers helping them, that will give you more intel than like a month of hiding behind your keyboard. So mm. I think people need to get out and just start trying. Uh, I think it's really important. What else haven't we covered? I think there's some other cool things that people can do. We didn't talk too much about having a strong indoctrination or registration sequence, if you want me to talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about that. So great. So this is especially if you've got cold traffic that doesn't really know, like you and trust you before turning up to the webinar. So maybe they're off social. They've just kind of clicked on something. If you don't warm them up really well with a great sequence of an email sequence and touch points between uh, when they've registered and when the webinar is, they probably won't show or they'll show up and they'll drop off because they don't really know you. It just was something that maybe caught their interest. So some of the best things that, that, that we're working on and that I've seen and that I know uh, is where you really, you basically resell why they need to turn up and you deliver content during that registration sequence. So if you've got a step one on how to increase your followers on Instagram, one of your emails might be step one, here's what I'm going to show you. And you keep reselling them and you keep, uh, you know, it's Robert Cialdini's influence. You know, there's things like congruence and reciprocity and you just, all these touch points, if you can have more, uh, whether that's a video of you telling them how excited you are. Another great one is automated phone calls. <laughs> we haven't tried to set. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, you told me this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. 15 minutes before the webinar, it's literally, hey, Nathan, we're getting ready to go in 15 minutes. Yes, this is automated. I just wanted to send it out to you because I don't want you to miss our class in 15 minutes. I'll see you there. Click. Things like that. People are just doing anything different. The more touch points. I have sequences where I follow people on Twitter. I add them on LinkedIn. The more rapport you can build talking to people, sending them emails. Sometimes I literally jump on Gmail and start sending people emails or getting people to fill in surveys and answer questions. If you get someone to say, if you say, look, what would you like me to cover on this webinar? Here's a survey or 
here's this. And they answer you, they've got a lot of buy-in because now you've made a promise to answer their question and they're, they're way more hooked into the process. So I think that is another massively missed opportunity where people are pretty pretty lazy and a bit sloppy and they focus on the top of the funnel and the end of the funnel and just huge amounts of people fall out in the middle just because they get busy. I, my last one, my last one, because you know, I, I get excited. I love this stuff. My, my last one is out of everything you can do, and I was talking to you, we were walking down the street the other day, I was talking to you about this. I'm firmly convinced that one of the most powerful things you can do is own a piece of someone's calendar. I think that's prime real estate. So if you can get it from being an email, a little annoying reminder mm. to an appointment where they are booked in and it's locked into their calendar, I think that is one of the most important things because I'll stop viewing it as something they might do to an appointment that they have and they will work around it. Even their team will book appointments around it because it's blocking out their calendar. So if you could do one thing, I would focus on that. And there's a tool called add to event or add event. We'll, we'll put it in the notes. It's like a, just a couple of bucks, a little plug in. Yeah. And that's how you get people to add it to your calendar. And really you want to, uh, you want to lock that space in and go to webinar. You can do it through their reminders, but the sooner you can, you can get them to lock that in as an appointment versus a thing they might do. I think that's like a real turning point. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, dude, no, man, you've crushed this. You've covered a lot of uh, ground, but you've given people so much gold. So thank you, man. Is there anything um, lastly that you'd like to share? Oh, what topic? <laughs> On webinars or this call, this discussion, this chat, uh, talk and shop. I just think from my experience, there really has never been a better time to be an entrepreneur. Starting out, I had to do some things, probably the hard way. Remembering back, we didn't have Facebook. We didn't have all of these things. There wasn't a founder. There's now so much out there. One of the only things that stops people is their excuses. Uh, and I would just really encourage people uh, to get up and go after, whether it's a side hustle or passion project, even with founder. There's so many resources that should not stop you. And I know that anyone listening to this is hungry. They want to do more. They want to get out there. They want to be more. And I would just encourage them uh, to take action towards that. Whatever that is, the worst thing is not doing anything. So I just encourage anyone who's, uh, who's interested in entrepreneurship and their business or their hustle or their passion project just to get started on it like right now. <laughs> awesome. Man, that was amazing, dude. Well, uh, we will wrap there. Um, but, yeah, look, thank you so much uh, for taking the time and uh, sharing all this wisdom around sales, webinars, presentations, uh, you, you name it. So thank you, bro. Bro, absolute pleasure. A lot of fun. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.